0: Good morning, Reach Church. It's a good morning. So, so, uh, pray with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the great promises you have for us and for your children, uh, for our children, for your children ultimately. Um, Father, we thank you that. You are the great grantor and builder of faith, that by faith alone we can come to receive you and know you and be reborn through Christ. Father, I ask that you would bless this time, that by the Spirit we might understand the things that you have written in your Scripture and that you might change our hearts, that we might know you more fully, uh, love you more, and give you more glory and honor and praise. We pray this in Christ's name. All right, so we are continuing in our series, Unshackled, The Grace of God in Romans. And last week, last week we talked about uh, the great promises of the faith. We talked about how there are such blessings in the blood of Jesus Christ. That the blood of this God-man presents us with the great glories and hope and peace in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But, but, uh, as much as we bask in those promises, we might have questions about them. And we might have questions about this gospel that we believe in. And one of, one of the great questions is how does the death and resurrection and life of one man turn into the life and resurrection and death of, of all of us? How does just this one person become the salvation of many? So that's actually the question today. I hope that that's a relevant question, just because if we don't know how that works, then our faith doesn't really make sense. That how can the work of Jesus be applied to us? If it can't, then we're hopeless. Or we might try to strive after salvation in our own way. We might try to do it ourselves. So we don't understand that what Jesus did can be applied to us. So today we're, talking, we're looking at Romans 5. And seeing how Jesus is a representative for us. And what that means. So let's turn to Romans 5. Verses uh, 12 through 21. Romans 5 verses 12 through 21. And read with me. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many." leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All right, this is a heavy passage uh, and a lot of theology in this passage. So we're going to break it down into three sections. First, we're just going to talk about this concept of representation in the Bible, that we have representatives for us. Second, we're going to see how Jesus is the better second Adam, the better representation, the better representative and third, we're going to see what that means for us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. So, all right. Paul just launches right into this, verse 12. Let's look at verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. All right, we're, we're, who's lost already? All right. Uh, all right, so we just said, we just said the blood of Jesus, the blood of this one man covers all of us. And Paul naturally, he thinks of our other representative. The other one man who represents all of us, he thinks of Adam. Now, we don't naturally think of Adam because we don't naturally think in these terms. But let's go way back. Let's go back to Genesis. Let's go back to Adam. So Adam, the first man, he broke God's law. That God told him, do not eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. He broke that law, that commandment, the first sin. And so we understand, okay, sin came into the world through this one man. Sin came to the world through Adam. And the consequence of that sin was death. That all of sin is a a denial of the God of life. And so the natural consequence of that is death. So death came into the world through Adam. But then we have this, this weird phrase. Look at verse 12 again. And so, death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, what does that mean? All right. Two, two possible interpretations here. Two possible interpretations. First, it means that ever since then, men have been sinning. They've sinned left and right. They've sinned up and down. And they've brought death upon themselves. Now, that is true. That is true. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But just because it's true doesn't mean that that is what this passage is saying. All right, we can get lots of true things out of Scripture, but actually not even hear the message. So that's actually not what Paul is saying here. Paul is not just saying, yeah, yeah, and everyone has been sinning ever since. What he is saying is that Adam was our representative That he represented us. And so, when Adam sinned, we all sinned with Adam. In Adam, through Adam. That his sin was our sin. His actions were our actions. His punishment is our punishment. That he represented us. And when he sinned and brought death upon humanity, we all sinned and were condemned to death. Now, we don't like that, and we don't think along those terms, and it feels really foreign to us, and Paul kind of anticipating that, he's going, he's like, he's on a roll, he's on a roll, he's therefore, just as sin came, he's about to talk about Jesus, but then he stops, and he says, no, no, I need to explain this a little bit more, and he proves it to us. He proves that this is what, what he's saying, and he proves it in kind of an awkward way that's kind of hard to understand, so we're going to, we're going to read verse 13 and 14. This is his proof. Four, sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam. All right. What does that mean? All right. Complicated argument. I need you to stick with me on this one. All right. So he's saying between the time of Adam and Moses there was no law. If there's no law, you can't sin. Because sinning is breaking God's law. And he's saying, how was anyone condemned? How was anyone held accountable for sinning against God? Because there was no law to break. All right. There's that that case. But, he said, but people were still dying left and right. Death was still reigning. So people must have been sinning or else they were just being condemned for no reason. So what he's saying is that They must be sinners because they're dying. But they're not actually breaking any law. They couldn't break a law themselves personally. It must be that they were being condemned to death because they'd sinned in Adam. That Adam was the only one who had a law to break. And so all these people had sinned in Adam and were condemned to death in Adam. That is why death reigned even though sin couldn't be counted to them. All right. Does that make sense? Are we following that? I I would ask for questions, but I'm not not supposed to. So, uh, (laughs) I'll take for granted that you guys understand that. All right. This is a really weird concept in scripture, and a difficult to understand concept because we live in an individualistic nation. We have an individualistic culture, and when we hear this, all we say is that's dumb and that's not fair. Why should another person's actions condemn me? Why should I have anything to do with that, that guy way back when with Adam? And we have to challenge that notion a little bit. Not just because it's scripture, but because it's largely, it's, it's seen in our, our wider world. All right, so take, take the president. Take the president. Maybe you didn't vote for the president, you don't like the president, maybe you love him, whether you like it or not, he represents you. And whatever honor or shame he brings upon our country comes upon us. That we are represented by others. All right, but you're saying, well, yeah, but we elected him. We, we chose him to represent us. All right, take parents. Parents are representatives of their family. And so if your parents do something crazy and embarrassing... The kids are are embarrassed and shamed, in a sense. Did they do anything wrong? No. But it's because their parents represent the family. It goes the other way, too. For kids, kids also represent their parents. And so if the kid, like, blows up a toilet at school, the parent feels bad about it. Because there's supposed to be this link here, that you're supposed to be like me, and I represent you, and why are you representing me this way? We see this in our larger culture that we try to be kind of individuals and not care about what other people do around us but we can't help it. We are represented by other people. That's built into culture as a whole and it was built into the very creation that Adam was was created by God to be our representative. And he represented us and he didn't do it very well. All right. Who cares? Who cares? All right. Four things I want you to care about as a result of that. All right. You need to understand just where we stand with God. We were never going to, we are never going to, and you never were going to obey the law. That Adam already blew that whole case long ago. That you were actually born having already broken the law. That you didn't have this clean slate and one time when you were mean to your parents at age three, you kind of you've messed it all up. No, that's not the case. You actually had messed it up from the very beginning just by being born. That we're not waiting for the first time Remy sinned. Like, oh, maybe he'll sin soon. Like, no, he's a sinner in, in Adam. He doesn't stand a chance. That obedience to the law and justification by the law and by just obeying that's out of the cards for all of us that's a passe way of being justified We've gotta get with the times that's it's not that season anymore right. second we need to understand humanity that we are all sinners under Adam and I think as believers we can be kind of naive about this We can be naive about how bad our kids are, or naive about how bad unbelievers are. We're shocked that they should be so evil, that they should be sinners. We cannot believe that anymore. That humanity is condemned to sin. We're going to sin in one way or another. That the option of humankind is to sin, sin, or sin. It's just whichever one we want to choose. That that's that's the sad case of what humanity is that we stand in a, a long line of sinners all the way back to Adam all right third oh third uh, we need to understand what we really need We don't need some uh, just kind of a, a personal conversion we don't need for ourselves to be. Kind of cleaned up a little bit. You don't need kind of a a, a kick in the butt to, to try harder. No, you need a whole new humanity. You need a whole new representative. You need to be reborn. Because you are a sinner born in Adam. That's the reality of our need. And we settle for far less than that. No, we need a, a whole new representative a whole new head of the human race alright this is kind of a bleak picture um, but this is the bleak reality of what we're all born into this is what we're facing when, when Remy was born like this is what this is what he is and what he's going to be but thankfully look at the end of uh, verse 13 or verse 14 who was a type of the one to come. That yes, this is true of Adam. And this is true of humanity. But thankfully, it's not all about Adam. That Adam was a type of the one who is to come. He was a model. He was kind of the beta version of humanity. That we we put him out there, but he was not the one we seek. There's a better one to come. And thankfully, the one who came... Jesus Christ is a lot different than Adam. And just so you know, uh, we don't even we talk about this often, just so you know the connection. The, the virgin birth, Jesus, Jesus was not in the line of Adam. Jesus was a whole new humanity, a, a whole other category. God redid the human race in a sense. And he did that so that Jesus could be our new representative, the second Adam, someone new, And holy, so he give us these things. Look at verse fifteen. Verse fifteen. Jesus is different because the, the gift he gives is very different than that of Adam. The free gift is not like the trespass. Right. The only thing that Adam gives us as our inheritance from our Father is his trespass. He gave us his sin. He gave us his breaking of the law of God. Thankfully, the free gift of Jesus is very different. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Adam gave us his trespass and so we died. And Jesus gave us his grace. Now, what does that mean? It's, it's different than saying Jesus, Jesus gave us God's grace. No, he gives us his grace. What is the grace and free gift of Jesus Christ? Well, he spent his whole life actually building that gift. He spent his whole life working on it. So, he was born as a man so that he might fulfill the law. He was perfectly obedient day in and day out. He never disobeyed his parents. He never did anything wrong. So that when he gave us this gift, we would have perfect righteousness. A perfect obedience to the law. The second thing he did, he, he went to the cross. He died for us. He died a sinner's death, the death that we deserve to die. And he threw that into the gift. And then when he rose from the dead, he earned for us eternal life. Life free of sin. Life free of death. Life free of suffering and pain. And he gave that into the gift. His whole life was constructing this gift so that he might give it to us by grace. That is what Jesus Christ did. He's better. Better than Adam. A little better. Not a trespass leading to death. He gave us victory. Second. Second. The results of these gifts are very different. Now this might be obvious, but verse 16. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. That the one man's sin condemned us all. We are condemned in Adam for his one sin. And yet Jesus, by his free gift... Gave us justification in spite of our many trespasses. All the sins that we committed, not just the one, but all of the ones since then, were justified, were made right by Jesus Christ. Next, verse 17 the result that reigns is different. 17 For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. All right, so in Adam, death reigned. Death reigned over humanity. It doesn't matter how powerful you are, how knowledgeable you are, death reigns. Every one of us will die. Everyone condemned in Adam, in humanity, will die die and we see the effects of it we see our, our bodies kind of wither and weaken we see sickness we see suffering we see death all around us the death reigned in adam and it's hard to see that why, why does paul say that death reigned in adam isn't it still reigning It's still reigning in people, people that I know and the people that we love. That, that's past tense because Jesus Christ has reigned over death. That until Jesus Christ, yes, death did reign and was reigning, but until Jesus and his resurrection, now Jesus reigns over death. That Jesus condemned death. Jesus had victory over death. Death used to reign in Adam now Jesus reigns in life. And as a result, look at, look at what it says in 17. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and free gift of righteousness reign in life. That now we reign. We who have faith in Christ are now reigning. That we have had victory. That we will see life. And we will actually see that death thrown into Hades and destroyed forever that since Jesus Christ has had victory and has given us his gift, we have victory now. We are reigning over death. All right. So the question is, there's you only get two humanities. You get two options. You're either in Adam or you're in Jesus. That's the only option there will ever be. There's only two religions. You're in Adam, trying to work for it and dying, or you're in Jesus. Where is your faith? Which humanity are you be a part of? Who are you trusting? You're either trusting Adam in death or Jesus in life. I plead with you to believe in Jesus this is a free gift this is you are condemned otherwise you are, you are in Adam or you are in Jesus where do you stand alright last point last point what does this all mean for us then what does it mean for us look at verse 18 therefore as one trespass led to condemnation for all men so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Alright, think of think of how you feel about Adam. I think we definitely feel like this is totally unjust. And it's evil and it's cruel. That why should we be condemned by the one trespass of someone else? It seems unjust. That we didn't actually do anything wrong. Now I want, to, I want you to take all of that. Feeling of injustice. And how could God do that? How could I be condemned by someone else? And I want you to put it into the Jesus category. All right. Jesus is exactly the same way. You've done nothing to be obedient. To be righteous. To be justified. To deserve life. But in that one man, Jesus Christ, you have found all those things. You are perfect in God's sight. You are justified. You are righteous. You are holy. I think we can spend so much time getting mad about this Adam original sin thing that we miss that It's the very possibility of that that opens up the door to salvation. That the same thing that condemned us all is now saving us all. That God built in representation so that Jesus Christ the son of God could represent us by being condemned by being destroyed by being treated as the one who is disobedient that we might find life that we might be treated as obedient ones alright and what does this mean for us verse 20 final final point <clears throat> Now the law came in to increase the trespass but where sin increased grace abounded all the more so that as sin reigned in death grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Look at what it's saying there. When we read the law it is supposed to show us our sin and show us our death show us our weakness. Why? Why? So that grace abounded all the more. Now that we're in Jesus Christ, we can look at our failures. We can look at our sin. We can look at our failure to keep the law. And what does it do? It abounds in more grace. That we see how great our representative is. We stop looking at the one man, at the one woman, and we start looking at, at the one man, Jesus Christ. How much he has done for us, how his grace has abounded for us. And now grace reigns. Grace reigns. We have someone on staff. She's always saying, Grace wins. Grace wins. And it does. Grace wins in Jesus Christ. And grace reigns. It reigns over shame, it reigns over guilt, it reigns over sin, it reigns over your failure, it reigns over suffering grace rains is it raining over your life is it raining over your marriage is it raining over your parenting does it rain over your thoughts that you're, you're assuming the best about people giving them the grace of thinking well about them does it rain over your actions that you are quick to give grace give grace to others that you've received from them they are quick to, to assume the best, to treat people well, in spite of what they've done. Does grace reign? Does it reign over the law? Does it reign over condemnation and judgment? Grace reigns in Jesus Christ. And I hope that we can be a church where, where grace does reign. That as, as Remy grows up as part of this covenant community, that he knows that grace reigns. That he hears about grace. That you tell him about grace. That he tells you about grace. That we we bask in the grace of God together. That is what this community is about. And that's the freedom that we know in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the blessing of your son. That though we are all condemned, you condemned yourself. That that though we were doomed to death, you died for us. And that by the one man, Jesus Christ, we have all been saved. We have all found life. We have all found grace. Father, we ask that you would help us to walk as people where grace reigns. That we would walk in your grace. That we would walk according to our new humanity. That we are new people reborn in Jesus Christ. Father, would you give us your grace that we might give grace to others and we might live in the realm of your grace? We pray this in Christ's precious name. Amen.